Sometimes you want a cigar that's not too much. That doesn't mean you don't want to give up anything, right? You're not smoking just for the sake of smoking. When you engage a cigar, you want to be able to enjoy it. Now, sometimes you're picking a size based on the amount of time that you have. Sometimes it's a flavor profile that you like, but you're allowed to change it up, well, depending on mood. And right now, I got to tell you, it's been a long week. I'm exhausted. I don't even know what's happening. When did this happen to me? And that's why we went with the Avo XO. It's eat, drink, smoke, or we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. Now, this, I never pronounce it right. The Mestoso, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-O, from the people at Avo. This is the Avo XO. Now, Avo is Davidoff. I enjoy what Avo has to do. I usually do, right? I'm a huge fan of the Avo Lounge, for example. Uh, the, the, the number three with those chocolatey kind of undertones. I absolutely adore. This cigar is not a looker. I got to admit right there, uh, it's, it's this very, very pale brown. As the guys over at uh, Conhead, K-O-H-N-H-E-D, Conhead.com, or maybe that's Conehead, Conehead. Maybe that's better. It's the best, better way to pronounce it. They're like, it's the color of Bambi's mom. And I'm like, that's just absolutely fantastic for sure. After she assumed room temperature? Dude, too soon. <laughs> I'm Tony Katz, and that right there, attacking Bambi, is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The EXO or the AVO uh, brand in general, I've found to be just really well done. Great construction, easy smoke, and they've got them in these varying degrees of, of power and strength. This is, is a pretty lovely medium. And as I said, the Maitoso, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-O. -S -S it's a 7 by 48 which means the cigar is 7 inches long. T Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And that ring gauge is a 48. It's the diameter. Well, how thick the cigar is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter. Now, this is that Churchill kind of, of format, for sure, being at seven inches long. But at the 48, it's just easy. Fits in the hand beautifully. It's a great mouthfeel. It feels right. And I got to admit, the wrapper, while not being a looker, feels good. It's a, it's a bit of leathery. It's almost like got a touch of suede going on. I wouldn't say oily. Right? That's not the way I would describe it. But when you feel that, you're like, oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, you just want to, if that was a blanket, you would cuddle in it. Yes. No, it's it's very well constructed. Uh, it's not the wiffle bat type cigar that we talked no. about in the past. It feels good in your hand. Uh, you know, so far, very even draw. But, uh, and, and I'm very happy with it once you get past the shade of the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. It's it's light, man. It is super light. It's not, it's still in the brown family. It's not, it's not like a super, it's, it's, it's not like a bright white or anything like that. It's just such a light shade and you can so see where where the leaf is and where the veins are. It's, I'm telling you, it's kind of an ugly look. Well, we, we've smoked worse looking cigars than this. <laughs> Some that have had the shade, but like a little bit of a tint of green in it as well. Uh, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. So but what, wait, wait, wait. if it's got the green, that's a candela. And that's specific to a type of cigar, right? I don't mind those. I think it's Camacho that does a candela that's actually rather good. This, this smokes lovely, though. We've just lit up. Now, when we smoke, just like everybody should, first, get yourself a notebook. Write things down. What did you eat? What did you drink? What was the weather like? We've got some nice spring temperatures kind of going on here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right, the sun is shining 
actually, as we do this, because we're starting to get those later kind of, kind of sunsets uh, going on. Temperatures uh, hitting about 50 degrees. So this, this works very, very well. Then you break it up into first third, second third, and final third, because those flavors do change. And right now, nice little bit of cream, nice little bit of almost like a... I, I don't I don't know if, if I would call it just a just a just a bready kind of feel. Maybe it's a little bit of nut going on in, in, in there, but that sweetness is 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 right there. Not a vanilla sweet, not a sugary sweet, just a cream sweet is the best way I would put it. Yeah, it when we first lit up you had uh, those pepper notes, uh, a little spice that is dissipated probably because I got used to it, and then the, the creamy kind of flavor has taken over. Uh, That's interesting. This is not my first cigar of the day, so I didn't catch any uh, of that spice. What I am noticing is that the smoke coming off of this is gorgeous. It's thick. It's rich. There is a lusciousness in, in involved uh, in, in, in this right now. And, and again, it could just totally be the day. You will find that things hit you differently. But right now, like just being a little tired, a little run down. You don't want to work at it. This is working. The draw is exceptional. Well, I was just cigar. about to ask you that about working it because I, the draw is a little tight for me. I've is it really? given it a little bit of a pinch by right? the cap to see if that will loosen things up a little bit. Uh, but where's the cut on that? All right. Well, the cut is shallow on there, right? So if you're people who don't take too much of the cap, right, you can get kind of a shallow cut there. Now, it's usually the way I like it. If you find that you've done a little pinch and roll to try and open things up a little bit and that's not working, cut it a little bit more. I understand you don't want to cut it too far down, right? You want to be able to enjoy the cigar, but you got to make sure you're opening it up enough to be able to get it because there's nothing more unpleasurable than having a draw that you can't utilize. When it's too tightly wrapped, too tightly packed, or you don't have that right cut, it's it, it becomes such an unenjoyable experience. The last thing you want to do is work for it. You want to be able to enjoy it. Now, a size like this means you can spend some time. But a draw this easy means it's probably going to go for about an hour and 20. I think in my world, an hour and a half is what you're going to get. But for a $15 stick, I couldn't. I, I will absolutely enjoy this. There are other avos that you might find that are in your humidor more in that classic range. The number two, the number five, thing, things like this. This is a little bit of a... I'm going to get yelled at for calling it a step up, right? I'm going to get yelled at. But it, it is a, a, a little bit, just maybe in, in where I like things and how I like to enjoy things. This works and is screaming for almost anything. You know, we did the Knob Creek last week when we were in Orlando, Florida. Maybe why I'm, maybe I'm still a little bit <laughs> run down. Orlando was nice to us. Yeah, it was. This almost has, this is going to seem silly, a, a spring morning feel to it. Like I have this um, on a Saturday morning, 60 degrees with a nice cup of coffee. Yes. This, this is what screams to me. But I could do this with the Knob Creek we did last week. I could do this with some of the Irish whiskeys, like the, the Red Breast is coming to mind, where I think I could play with something like this. This is just super easy. Now, as you get them in those other sizes... Right, you you can play with this. Uh, they 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 have it in those more Toro kind of, of sizes. They have a five and a half by fifty that they call the Intermezzo. Um, it, I think it, I think it would work in all of them, depending on where you are and what kind of time frame that you have. 
but this is they play this in that medium kind of way. I'm looking forward to getting to the second third because right now, not at all. Right now, no. this plays as a, as a very very flavorful mild, very much single note right now, which maybe I'm in the mood for more than anything. I don't want to have to overthink it, but it's working beautifully. This is the is maybe it's Mestoso, M A E S T O S O, the Avo X O. Absolutely worth checking out at your local tobacconist. Just to get an idea of things that maybe don't look the part, but can play the part. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So there is a book called Hooked. Food, free will, and how the food giants exploit our addictions. Okay. That's an interesting name. I'm willing to pay attention. But when the headline from the story over at the New York Post says, why sugar, cheese, and fast food are more addictive than heroin, I tend to ask questions. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This, it's not clickbait. I'm just not willing to, to buy in to the story. It's that they've done these studies, Right. Studies about when people sense sugar. And supposedly, sugar, the second it hits the tongue, it's like this instantaneous, boom, ring the bell. You taste it. <laughs> you, you feel it. And they compare it to cigarettes, and they're like, the smoke from a cigarette, and by the way, cigarettes are not cigars. Let me say this again for those of you in the cheap seats. Really, those who work at the FDA. Cigarettes are not cigars. Stop it already. So smoke from a cigarette takes 10 seconds to stir the brain. I've never smoked a cigarette, so I have absolutely no idea. No clue how that feels or, or anything like it. Supposedly, sugar, half a second. Little more than half a second, you're like, oh, that's the taste. That's what I'm looking for. That's, I'm going to ride that dragon. Right there, is it ride the snake? There's a snake ride or the there's snake. a dragon. I don't know ride what the it snake. is. Wow. The idea that sugar is more addictive than heroin, I you you could you get me to buy into that? Now I bring that up because we've talked food many, many times, and I happen to be a believer that sugar is the problem. When we talk about ideas of, of childhood obesity, when we talk about the ideas of, of Gen Xers who are getting older and baby boomers, and the idea of joint pain and, and inflammatory issues, right? Sugar's a problem, man. I'm not saying no. I'm saying you can't. I don't think you can convince somebody that sugar is the same as heroin. And the reason I say it, Fingers Malloy, is I could go a week without having a piece of cake. If I'm on heroin, unless you're giving me methadone, I need heroin. Well, if you visit a street pharmacist. <laughs> And, and the street pharmacist gives you heroin. Chances are you're a little bit older. Uh, the pharmacists that hook you up with sugar, man, they get you young. <laughs> two True. years old, two and a half years old, you're getting your sugar fix, and it's there. Once you get it, it's there. Uh, I, I don't know if I would go that far by saying it's it's worse than heroin because. Truth be told, I have never had Sweet Lady H before, so I don't know what that's like, but I can tell you... But you know she's a lady. <laughs> that's that's what I've been told. Uh, but I can tell you this. As someone who has done every fad diet, 
in the history of fad diets, you name it, a keto diet, an Atkins diet, a lemonade cleanse, uh, the water cleanse, a soup cleanse, uh, the cleanse cleanse, they always want you to eliminate sugar. And I can go, say, we'll use Atkins for, for an example, three, four days without any sugar. And then all of a sudden, I will pass by a vending machine. And if there's anything in there that's sugar-related, I'm acting like a heroin addict looking at it. I almost get the shakes wanting to dive into that vending machine to get my Swiss cake rolls or my oatmeal pies or you name it that's just loaded with sugar. And then once I, once I do... Uh, fall off the wagon and eat the sugar. I, I hate myself. When you when you have the sugar for the first time, do you fall to the ground and you're like, oh, oh my baby, I missed you, baby. Oh, this is so good. Do you just rub yes. it into the skin and hope yes. osmosis, yes. right? Just seeps right in. Let's never break up again. Let's never fight. I don't think that's fight. osmosis. Let's never fight. <laughs> I just can't connect the things. What I will say is is that. The sugar issue in America is real. The sugar absolutely is, is, is a problem. But I would never want to do anything that stopped somebody from utilizing sugar. I, I remember when it was, uh, it, Mike Bloomberg was the mayor of New York, right? It was the war on trans fats. And it was, then it was the war on salt. And it was the war on the big gulp. The trans fats conversation was an idea that somehow people who, who cook or these bakers shouldn't be able to use the products that they need in order to make what they're making right. Ask anybody who bakes. You can bake with butter or you can bake with not butter. And baking with not butter isn't baking. It's something else. Right. It's it's something totally different. I'm not going to take those things away uh, from people. I want people to do what they want. But I think we do agree that there's, there's addictive personalities. And then there are addictive things. Things that you do again and again and again and again. You love the taste. You love the way you make it feel. There's a reason it's called comfort food, right? Those things are legit. It's, I don't, it's not heroin. No. And I often, And by the way, neither one of us are doctors. No. <laughs> yeah. Do not take medical advice from Tony Katz or Fingers Malloy. Eat, drink, smoke does not give medical advice. Consult a local professional, not one from the street. Not not a street pharmacist either. Uh, plus, people always want to elevate their problems into something more than maybe they are. Uh, and I I have a hard time going with a something like fast food and saying it's an addiction. I'm addicted to fast. I, I don't know if, if I can look at that and say that that sounds reasonable because it's not... Look, you like fast food. Right. You like the convenience. Uh, I'm assuming it's not heroin. That's a whole different thing altogether. I don't deny, and the science shows uh, certainly that there are connections, right? Dopamine production and, and things like that that makes you crave some more uh, of these things. But I'm with you. If I were to engage right now a full fast food meal, the burger, the fries, the drink, while I'm eating it, I'd be like, ooh, this is... This is lovely. And then I'm done. And then I'm like, you, I don't want to look in a mirror. You're just a fatty, aren't you? You're just a big fatty fatty. And I feel terrible for a day and a half. I had a chicken sandwich today 
You, you know, <laughs> of course you did. You know, all the fast food chains—they're in the middle of the chicken sandwich wars. Tony. Right. Everybody has a chicken sandwich, and it's a war between the fast food. They'll write about this like the Boer War, <laughs> right? And the words of Winston Churchill. I went to Wendy's today, and I had a spicy jalapeno popper sandwich. I, how do you even? How it, it comes on a premium bun with jalapeno cream cheese spread, uh, spreaded pepper jack cheese. Cheddar cheese sauce, applewood smoked bacon. Stop, 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 stop. Pepper jack cheese and a cheddar cheese sauce? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. ate that with your mouth? Mm-hmm. And it was marvelous. Uh, spicy chicken breast and jalapeno slices. And you got to get fries with it. And a Coke Zero because you, you don't want those empty calories. <laughs> you ate it? Yes. You loved it? Yes. How do you feel now? Terrible. <laughs> That's just it. Like that's just it. But but you you do fast food. Do you do it every day? Yesterday. <laughs> oh good God. Hold on a second. This just in fast food maybe is addictive as heroin. <laughs> I had the McDonald's chicken sandwich and it was pretty good. But it didn't have jalapeno cream cheese spread on it. So it made you want something not not just the same thing, something even worse it's, for you. It's chicken, it's healthy. Uh Look, uh, have less sugar in your life. I think you'll be okay. Don't do heroin. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. And don't forget to get the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Stitcher, Google Play, Google Play. You can find it. Everywhere, Spotify as well. Write a review, five-star reviews. Do the whole thing for Eat, Drink, Smoke. And if you're already listening to the podcast, share it with somebody you love. It is the Avo XO. It is the Mestoso, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-O, the 7x48. With that uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Dominican binder and filler, 7x48. Starting to slowly move into the second, third. Easy, simple, easy cigar. I wasn't wrong. It's very much one note. Super good burn. No problem with the construction. The draw for me has been excellent. It's providing a great amount of smoke, slight sweetness, a little bit of, I think I'm going to call it a nutty going on there. Easy and solid and enjoying it. Well, I'll tell you something, too. The appearance isn't nearly uh, as unappealing once you have it in your hand for a while right. is when you first lit it up. Uh, we're pairing it with coffee right now. Uh, I, I have to tell you, the, the creaminess from the cigars coming out even more with the coffee, some leather notes as well. Uh, I had a little bit difficult time with the draw at first. The draw has gotten a lot better. Nice, even burn. Tons of smoke coming off this bad boy. Very enjoyable. Very, very good. About $15 a, a stick. And I think that looking at it right now, I think I'm right. I think an hour and 20. I think it's smoking quicker. I may slow down a little bit because I want to also see how it pairs with the bourbon we're going with. I'll probably get to that in that final third and see how those two things go together. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Tony, tariffs imposed on U.S. spirits as a result of unrelated trade disputes slashed exports of Kentucky bourbon by 35% in 2020, with shipments to the EU tumbling by nearly 50%. Yeah, that's uh, so that's from Northern Kentucky uh, Tribune, the Kentucky Distillers Association. 
That's interesting because the EU is looking to double tariffs on American whiskey to 50%. EU is supposedly, you know, usually, I shouldn't say supposedly, but traditionally, the largest global market for bourbon and whiskey, 56% of all the exports in 2017, and now it's about 40%. I don't know what to say, especially when you consider how well spirits are doing in the U.S., uh, on, on on that package side because the restaurants have been uh, closed. So they're looking, they're like, hey, can we uh, move on some of these tariffs, suspend some of these tariffs so we can get things going again? Because if you're down that much and this is your business, man, this hurts, right? We talk about the upside of what's going on in the U.S., but there are other issues at play. These are big stories. Yeah, we talked about this on the Bourbon Minute, Tony, about the uh, Congressional Bourbon Caucus. Uh, they renewed that, and you've got Congressman uh, John Yarmuth from uh, Kentucky, who's part of the Congressional Bourbon Caucus, trying to uh, petition the administration to try to do what they can to uh, work with the EU to try to eliminate these tariffs. Uh, but it's interesting because uh, we heard before all this uh, trade war talk took place and started that we were going to have a shortage of bourbon and we were going to have a, sh- a shortage of these spirits. And uh, now starting to wonder if there's going to be a shortage, if, if the market in, in uh, the EU and then other p- parts of the world is, is shrinking because of tariffs. One of the things that we forget, how global all of this is. It's like cigars and how global all, all, all of it is. There are great opportunities. The, the love of bourbon. Now, bourbon is the American drink, but the love of bourbon that is out there and the explosion of so many distillers doing great work. Right, you 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 create a larger market, and yes, they can say, "Well, we're having problem getting access to a market." I don't know what's going to happen because I'm not 100 sure where all these tariffs are attached. Are they specifically attached in a way that have to do with farming? Are they attached the way in terms of other things that get sold and they're retaliatory in a way? Is the EU engaged in some of these uh, tariffs because of other products that they would like to see building up and growing? It isn't uh, just a a one and done, well, you just have to do this, right? Uh, Politically, there could be a whole bunch of other things going on underneath, but absolutely going to keep our eye on that. Next. Now, a couple of months ago, Tony, I believe we reviewed Puncher's Chance. Puncher's Chance. Bourbon uh, from Bruce Buffer. Right. The uh, MMA ring announcer, very famous ring announcer. You're seeing more and more celebrities getting into the bourbon business. It was just announced, uh, according to RollingStone.com, that Jamie Foxx will be the new owner of Brown Sugar Bourbon Brand. Uh, Apparently, this is not a new bourbon brand. Uh, It was actually founded in 2016, but they're kind of looking at his ownership, and this announcement is kind of a relaunch. So in the celebrity concept, right? You have uh, Matthew McConaughey with Long Branch and the connection with Wild Turkey. All right, all right, all right. Thank you very much. One of us had to do it. Then you've got Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, with Aviator Gin, and that sold for $630 million. Uh, And then you have, of course, George Clooney with his tequila brand, which eludes me right now, that sold for a billion dollars. Celebrity attachment does not mean good. Snoop has his gin, right? Uh, Snoop Snoop Dogg has a I call him Snoop because we're close. Has a, has a new gin. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to be good. It means that it's going to get attention. And through that that social media influencer side, it's going to get a lot of, of, of attention. It makes perfect sense. 
I don't. I, I can't say I have a problem with it. I'm not going to stop anybody from getting involved. I have my own rye whiskey, Recovery Rye, which is sold only in Indiana. We built it as a as a fundraiser, basically, to help those in the hospitality industry who lost their jobs because of COVID. You can go to recoveryrye.com. Only available in Indiana. Uh, and, and 90 proof. Uh, I love it. I, I'm thrilled by what we created, and I'm trying to figure out how we can grow it and build it. But to build a brand is tremendous dollars. Tremendous. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying it's tremendous dollars. And, you know, I, I, I've got a couple of radio platforms and some, some nice social media. It's not Jamie Foxx, <laughs> right? So I expect that the brand can build and grow. It doesn't mean that the brand is great. It doesn't mean the brand is lousy. Let, it, let them play. If it brings more people to the world, I'm all in. Well, building a brand, it certainly helps when you make an announcement that a major celebrity is all in on your bourbon. So so if I make the announcement right now that Fingers Malloy is proud to be a part of Recovery Rye, sales go through the roof. But I thought you were going to say some sort of hard seltzer. Ah. The, the Fingers Malloy grenadine hard seltzer. I, I don't know. White Fingers. <laughs> It's like White Claw, but better. Is that not? Is that not it? I don't know. Why? You know what? We're brainstorming, people. <laughs> it's so. It it is remarkably, remarkably difficult. And when we when we went to market, this is a true story. We got phone calls. Who are you? <laughs> what, what what do you what do you mean? Who are? This is a true story. So help me. I won't say who. Who are you? Because we had shelf space. And these distributors and these companies take notice. Who are you was the first question I had people reach out. What is this? How did you do this? But it, that's as far as it went, right? It didn't go oh. after that. Something like, that's a nice rye you have there. It would be a shame if something happened to it. Nothing no. like that. Zero. Okay. Zero, zero like that. I mean, we were just... <laughs> We were just doing it to, to help and to be absurd. And we've, we, we've raised, I think at this point, we're over $20,000. It's amazing. It's it's very cool. Uh, RecoveryRye.com. I would. I would love to figure out how to build it out as as a brand. Because we, we, we have the talent. We have uh, people who've got real understanding and capabilities. And, and we can do even more with it. If getting it. We've thought about getting into bourbons. Getting into uh, uh, maybe building out in some other ways. But it's huge, huge investment. Well, the solution apparently is Hollywood celebrity partnership. Right? Pauly Shore. Look, look, if Pauly Shore wants to get involved, I will say, he is not one of the people who called and said, who are you? Because he didn't follow it up with, buddy. That's how we knew it wasn't Pauly Shore. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I don't even know how this happens. Virtual dine and dash? I have no idea how this is even possible. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. It was the Today Show talking about this. Restaurants grapple with virtual dine and dash amid the pandemic. It, it scams, I, 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 I guess. Scoundrels. So, yeah, well, follow, follow it here. This is reported by the LA Times. It's a virtual version of the Dine and Dash. Customers sneak out of a restaurant without paying for their meals, right? That's what a Dine and Dash is. They place orders, then dispute the charge with the credit card company, 
or telling a third-party delivery app that they didn't receive the order, which means they get a refund and the restaurants don't get paid. That's scumbaggery. That's scumbaggery. There's a restaurant called Spoon by H. I don't know where it is. Lost $730. Now, when you talk about mom-and-pop restaurants, local $730, don't think of it as $730. That's, that's the wrong way to think about it. Understand, let's, let's say you're, you're in a restaurant, Fingers Malone, and you order a burger, right? Mm-hmm. And they make the burger. Let's say the burger was, was $10. So it has a food cost of $3.50, right? Usually you, they, they triple those things. They do them by three, and I'm, I'm just approximating here. When that burger gets sent back, oh, this is wrong, or oh, I don't like this, or, you know, by the way, you not liking something is not a reason to send something back. This right. is the worst thing that the chain restaurants ever did to the food business. You don't like it, and you send it back. No, 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 no. If it was made right, and, you, and it was what you ordered, that's what it is. If you didn't like it, order something else next time. You don't have any right to send it back. Yeah. It's, it's, and the Chili's and the Alpies of the world said, oh, what else would you like? And they ate the cost. And what they did was damage mom and pop restaurants. So when they have to go redo that, so first they're out that food cost. Then they have to make it again. So there's that one. And then it's what that meal could have been for somebody else. I have always equated it to losing three times. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of impact. And, and restaurateurs might see it a little bit differently. Uh, that's the kind of impact something like this has. So if people are scamming the system because they want a free meal, it, it is scumbaggery. Yeah, it is. And too often people have the stick it to the man mentality where they think to themselves in, in this situation, oh, you know what? DoorDash will eat the cost. Well, no. No, they won't. The, the restaurant is eating the cost. And when we're in a situation like we are right now with this pandemic where we're, seeing, we're talking 25, 30% of restaurants are going out of business and they may not come back. Restaurants are struggling to get through this and you're, you're going to steal from them? It's, it's just gross. Now, this story grows because they actually know that the person ordered it. They carried the order to the car. It was a pickup. Then uh, they get an, an email saying the charge is disputed, that somebody else had used their credit card number, the payment's removed from the account. They appeal, they lose, they've got evidence that this happened, and they close the restaurant. Ugh. Horror. It's pure horror. It, look, not everybody is evil, not everybody is terrible, but there are awful people out there who have this, this weird kind of view that as long as they can get theirs, nothing else matters. That, that's a that's cultural breakdown. And then we're going to be in a situation and people are going to scream that restaurants and third-party apps are going to start taking pictures like Amazon does. I delivered it. Here it is. There's the package on your porch. It's going to be, smile, I'm taking a picture as I hand you your jalapeno chicken sandwich <laughs> so you can't dispute it there's your face that that will be the reason why is because pe- people are gross and are, are are stealing and they don't look at it as stealing that's what's so disturbing about it's 100 percent theft then you know we've been talking about travel we uh, it was my first plane ride uh down to orlando did you enjoy that no it sucked <laughs> uh air, air, airline was fine it was southwest you guys were lovely um 
I have not had to wear a mask. Right? I work from home. Mm-hmm. So I have not had to wear a mask for any extended period of time unless I'm in a, in, in a store. And to wear a mask in the airport, to wear a mask on the plane, two-hour flight, give or, give, or, give or take, from Indianapolis, and then wait till you're out uh, uh, of the airport, I feel sorry for kids in school in a way that is irrational. This is, this is miserable. For the first time in my life, I understand women when they come home at the end of the long day and they rip their bra off. <laughs> you get to the airport, and we were in Indianapolis. It was a nice morning. It, was, it wasn't very uh, warm, but it was a little chill in the air. And then you're in the airport the entire time with that mask on the plane. And then we're in Florida where it's 75 degrees and you're in the airport and you still can't take that mask off. We had the mask on for like six hours before you could finally rip it off. And boy, it felt good taking that mask off. So the the story, though, is that over at CNBC, uh, Jim Cramer, big, big stock guy. Again, never take stock advice from Tony Katz or Fingers Malloy or Eat, Drink, Smoke. Mad money. I think they call it. That's what they call it. Mad money. With the mad money. He is under the belief that travel is about to jump through the roof, that there's going to be a boom in 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 the country, that it's that people are not ready for it. I, I guess he's discussing, you know, investing in those kinds of things. Get to it, go with it, and and people are gonna be traveling everywhere. I will tell you that I've started putting together a, a trip for, for the summer. A little vacation, uh, get away. Where are we going? Uh, well that's a funny thing when you say we Aww. Uh, I thought the deals would be better. Uh, they're already, they're already creeping their their way up. And what I can't do, someone help me here. Like I think the answer is I have to become my own travel agent because I'm always told travel agents get deals, and I'm like, who's a travel agent anymore? You've got Priceline, you've got Hotels.com, Hotwire, all these other things, Kayak. Um, it's fun to say. Which would all be great sponsors <laughs> of the Eat Drink Smoke Radio Show. They'd be amazing. People book on their own. Who's using a, a uh, who's using a, a, a travel agent in in this way? But I hear they get great, great deals. I thought the deals would be better, and they're not. And so I'm I'm tried this. I tried that. If you're the stereotypical family of four, tell me how you take a vacation for a week anywhere that doesn't cost at least five thousand dollars. Beats me. I can't do it. I can't figure it out, and I don't know how people afford it. Spring break. Can you imagine going spring break with your family and your kids somewhere and having uh, airfare alone costs $2,000? It's it's amazing to right. me. And you're right, Tony. I've got a trip that I do every year. I plan it. Uh, we go around the country. You know, Friends meet, and we watch the first weekend of the NFL season. And we're going to Wisconsin this year. I cannot believe. I just, for giggles, I looked up what hotel rooms would be in the, in the city we're planning on going to. And... $200 a night, $250. I'm thinking, well, maybe they're planning for the big travel boom that you're talking about, and the and the rates will go down as we get closer. But, man, it's it's really expensive. Now, we were in Orlando last week, and things were relatively cheap by a comparison. Twenty nine a night. Yeah. For Orlando. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was great. I'm only sorry I didn't bring the family. It was absolutely terrific. But if you can explain to me how you do family vacations, stereotypical family of four, for less than five thousand bucks, I am all ears. And if if you're a travel agent and you can let me know on the Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/eatdrinksmoke, uh, that it's that. Oh yeah, if you do this, you do that. You do, 
uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to absolutely positively do it. Otherwise, uh, spring break is kids, you wait in the car. I'm walking into Blend Bar Cigar where we record <laughs> in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. And, and, that's, and that's spring break. Well, we're working. But right now it feels like a vacation in here, Tony. Aw. Is that because you're with me? Uh, well, of course. But uh, no, I, I, no, I don't, I, no, 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 it's no, not no, because I'm with you. I don't use travel agents. I think travel agents are important for it when you leave the country. But I'm with you. I do Priceline. I used to do the bids, the express deal, stuff like that. That's how I get my vacations on the right. cheap. This is the Avo. We're doing the Mestoso, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-O, the Avo XO. It's a 7x48. Uh, this is enjoyable. Now, how is it going to pair with the bourbon? That's what we got to find out. But as a cigar, it's, it's an easy note. It's a. They may say it's a medium. I'm a little more to the mild on this one, but enjoying it. Check it out for yourself. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Trying new things. Bourbon allows you to try new things. So many new things on the market. So many ways to try the bourbon. So many distillers offering up a unique point of view. And then sometimes, well, the oak just gets you lucky. Or it could sometimes disappoint. But if you don't try new things, how will you know? And that's how we got to the Michters. Am I pronouncing it right? M-I-C-H-T-E-R-S. This is Michters Small Batch Bourbon. And this is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy Michters. I, did I spell it? M-I-C-H-T-E-R-S. M-O-U-S-E. This, this is 91.4 proof. So this is not a big alcohol by volume type of of bourbon in the glass and we do it in the Glencairn glass this is just a very very good amber right it's got some nice deep rich color this at least the way I'm looking at it it's got a touch of red uh, to the color as well by the way a Glencairn glass G-L-E-N-C-A-I-R-N that's the shape of the glass you often uh, see them as opposed to let's say a traditional rocks glass it's a way to kind of check out bourbon and kind of get your nose in there and be able to sniff and be able to move it around so it doesn't uh, spill out and that's usually the way we try our bourbon and then decide whether we're going to bring it to a cube or just an ice chip add a little bit of, uh, of water all of those things are acceptable uh, but we always start it neat now i have never had mictors never once never ever fingers more you got your nose deep 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 inside what are you thinking Sweet right off the bat. It, it, it is on the nose. It may be a dark fruit, uh, but I, I'm not getting the where the other notes are. I, I'm not, is it the sweetness? It's not a, like a honey or a vanilla, uh, but right off the nose, it's, it's sweet and there's not that ethanol. Alcohol. Yeah, there's not a big alcohol nose to it at all. There's a there's a bit of cinnamon going on. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm dark fruit or more orchard like an apple, um, but that that could certainly change. It's pleasant. Yeah, this this is an easy nose, and sometimes you'll you'll catch a nose which we'll describe as ethanol. Right? Other people have said, well, think of it more as like a mint. Is is that really where where you're at? Because sometimes your your history, right? Uh, the sense of smell evokes history, and very often you'll smell something and be like, "Oh, that's medicinal," like like Nyquil. You'll you'll think of it from things you took as a kid, but that's really not the flavor. That no distiller said what we want is a little bit of oak and some Nyquil. No one ever said that. Robitussin. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> that, 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 that never got said. Uh, it's a very, very easy nose. It's a very fall flavor kind of nose. Maybe a little bit of, maybe a touch of, of, of baking spice that you could catch okay, out of this. Okay, I can see that. All right, you no, going in? Very simple. No, you're going in first. I'm going you, in first. You, you are the official taster. Got so me. we do it neat. We take the sip. We kind of see what's happening, and we'll go from there. You ready, fingers? Yeah, got the Glen Karen, Glen Ross glass here. That's that's not. That's completely different. No, it is. He's taking his sip right there, doing it neat. Oh, it went down quick. That went down. You didn't even move that around, fingers, Malloy. No. Oh, you are. Are you swishing as we speak? Doing there the old swisher sweet. That's not what it's called. No, it's not. It's called the Kentucky Chew. When you move it around, what do you got? Oak. There's a sweetness that I still can't put my finger on, uh, and then a dark fruit. Uh, I don't know if it, not like a prune, but it, it to me it isn't an apple orchard kind of um, note, but very pleasant. No sting, no burn, uh, and I'm going with what you said. It's very fall-like. It's very pleasant. All right, I'm in. I'm, in. I'm taking the sip. Ready? Okay, here you go. Oh, my God. I'm going to take a little water just... Cleanse the palate. I'm out of sorbet. Yes, yes. an H2O sorbet. Ah, that's oh, refreshing. That's refreshing. All right, here we go. Okay, he's 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 all in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Memphis Munch. It's the Chattanooga Chump. <laughs> all right, first that's super easy. There's no burn at all. Mm-mm. No sting to the tongue. No burn in the back of the throat. There is no heat. Slightest heat center chest. Slightest amount of heat. That's raisin. Yeah, that that's sweet what you're going with. Okay. is raisin. It, it and, and not not in a bad way. It's not like somebody put raisins in, in the cookies and you're like, what the hell? I thought those were chocolate chips. Two scoops um, of raisins in the bourbon. It's not what that is. That is wonderfully easy. Uh, it, it's 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 not single note. But it's not it's not this this harsh complex, right? I'm saying there, there's there's raisin in there, there's there's a little bit of that cinnamon uh, that that came uh, from 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 the nose. Um, it's got a very very easy linger uh, on the tongue. There's a little more heat that's developing in that center chest. This is simple, man. Yeah, it's just I, a simple easy I, bourbon. I like to take a peek at what other people say. Uh, about a bourbon that we're about to review and the people over at Breaking Bourbon, they happen to mention peaches, and I'm not getting that. I, I am... I am Peaches? Yeah. Uh, and BreakingBourbon.com. Excellent site, by the way. I, we don't know the guys, but they just happen to do an excellent site. Yeah, they do. Uh, and uh, I often check them out before we do something like this, but uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, on the raisins, um, and... To me, a little bit of oak, and again, that sweetness that I'm just not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not uh, vanilla, not honey, but there's there's something else there that I just can't put my finger on. But I, I'm telling you, this is this is very good. Right. This is this this is certainly simple. This will certainly play for a, a lot of, of people. I am hesitant to move it to a full cube. I will move it to a chip just to see how it opens up. Water opens things up. You get new flavors out of it. Some things get more pronounced. Some things get get drowned out, if, if, if you will. New flavors can often appear when you add a little bit of water. Or I, I am a big fan of the ice chip. Give it a touch of chill and, and let that uh, dilute. But with, with it, the Michter's is what we're doing here. The Michter's small batch bourbon. 
this is all purpose. This is all weather. It does have a lot of that nice kind of fall. And, and, and today, it's a spring day here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, so, or at least it feels like it. It works very, very well. This price is out at MSRP of $40 a bottle. Oh, I wouldn't hesitate to buy this. At $40 a bottle? Absolutely. I'm all in on this. I'm trying to think of the if the finish is bringing me something... It's not bringing me a, a, a spice, really and truly, none. There, there's, there. It, the spice that I said is, is there is kind of a, a, a it was a baking spice on the nose, and I think for me, maybe it's my my head playing games with me, right? My mind playing games with me. That's more there. There's, there's not a spice. There's no to me. There's not a rye kind of spice that comes with this, but I can't say that the oak, it's it's there, but it's not overwhelming. At, at very all. subtle. I it makes me wonder if this is a a would you, would someone call this a younger kind of bourbon? Something that if it, it spent more time in the barrel, what else could come from it? But it's got it has just a couple of notes. Those couple of notes are working. Yeah, and I'm going to be interested to see what happens when we put a chip in it because it may bring out more of that baking spice that you're talking about. May bring out some of the dark fruit. Might even bring out some of the sting. Sometimes that'll happen. A little sting on the tongue, a little burn down the throat when you when you bring uh, uh, introduce a chip or some cold water into it. I think it's so funny that you're saying dark fruit, man, because I am not I'm not catching that. But it, it's 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 easy. It's on the sweeter side. It's very very easy. It's the Michter's M I C H T E R apostrophe S. Michter's Small Batch Bourbon Whiskey, 91.4 proof. You want to check that out? This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's Donald Trump versus LeBron James. Not really, but they're both selling houses that you can buy. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget the website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. You can get it all, the latest stories, our reviews, the Bourbon Minute, which is this great one-minute uh, compilation of just the latest things going on in the world of bourbon or food or anything Fingers Malloy feels like talking about, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Donald Trump is selling his Palm Beach oceanfront abode for $49 million. It's next door to Mar-a-Lago. So he's selling the small place for Mar-a-Lago. million is what he's selling for in Palm Beach. Meanwhile, LeBron is selling his L.A. home for $20.5 million. Now, he paid almost $21 million for it back in 2015. So, you know, LeBron's on hard times, right? LeBron is on some hard times. Uh, It's 9,400 square feet, six bedrooms, and seven bathrooms for LeBron James right there. Trump's home is directly on the beach. Directly on the beach. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, that is pretty. It was sold in 2018 uh, for $18.25 million. She paid, or someone paid $11.5 million for it in 2004. It's 10,455 square feet. That's it? That's it. Compared to the condo he had at uh, at Trump Tower, it's a pretty big place. Well, I have a group of investors. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we are going to buy the place and turn it into a Hooters. <laughs> I like I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> it's right I like the, the way it's right on the water. 
right? It's right next to uh, Key Largo. What? Mar-a-Lago. 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 Um, now, with, with LeBron selling, he he's not leaving the Lakers, is he? He's, no. Breaking no. news. Eat, drink, no, smoke. No, no, no. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Hey, look, he could be selling a place just to get himself something new. He could want something else. He's Everybody hey. in the world is transitioning out of California. When you have that kind of coin, Tony, don't you think you get bored after a while? Like, oh, you know, this was a this was a nice house. It was a nice starter home. But I really need something a little bit more at this point in my life. Right. So you step up. I yeah. don't blame them. Right? So, so the basketball guys, definitely, they, they have a full court basketball court in, in the house. Uh, people have full court hockey. Michael Buble. The, the singer has a full I just said full court hockey I'm going to hell I apologize I let it go next I'll be calling a sweater a jersey <laughs> I'll be oh uh, he has a hockey rink in his house wait Michael Bublé plays hockey oh he's got money to burn full on full I think he has his own Zamboni full on hockey rink in 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 his house Right there. And that's how I know I'm in the wrong business. They told me podcasting would make all the money. <laughs> Radio is where all the money is. Are you sure he doesn't have an air hockey table? No, no, no. No, no, no. He may have one of those as well. Wow. But uh, he's got the, the, the full-on the full rank. I have no idea who's going to sell first, Trump or LeBron. But this, 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 this is the big fight now in America. If someone lets Trump know that the houses are both up for sale at the same time, what do you bet that Trump would compete with them to see who would sell the house first? Trump would buy LeBron's house, <laughs> then resell it for five million more just to show him how it's done. Oh, that's a come on, love him or hate him. That's the kind of egos we're talking about on all sides. Let me bring it over to Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A has announced they're gonna stop selling bagels and decaf coffee this spring. Now, I've never had Chick Fil A coffee. I've never thought about having Chick Fil A coffee. Does no one order decaf? Like, does no one order decaf? There's there's no market for it? I don't order at a restaurant, but I love decaf coffee. Right. At, at home, and if it's, if it's after 2 o'clock, I'm doing decaf. Oh, absolutely, because one of the great things about decaf is you start drinking it, and it makes you not want to shove food in your face. Do you use it as, as, as that way? Oh, absolutely. At 6 or 7 o'clock at night, I say to myself, man... Uh, a double bowl of ice cream with the brownie underneath it would be fantastic. Or, you know what? I'll have a cup of decaf coffee. I'll have the decaf coffee because wah, wah. Uh, but I've never ordered decaf at a restaurant before, uh, especially a fast food joint. What, what breaks my heart about this story is the bagel sandwiches. You What? The breakfast bagels. The breakfast bagel sandwich. You, you and I have talked before about how uh, you say McDonald's, the Egg McMuffin, is the perfect sandwich. Perfect. No, no. I said it's the perfect food. I can eat an Egg McMuffin right now. And after that Egg McMuffin, I could eat another Egg McMuffin. There is no, I could beat... Who, what's the name of the competitive eater? Joey Chestnut? Yes. I could beat Joey Chestnut in an Egg McMuffin contest. Hands down, no question. The Egg McMuffin, anytime, day or night, absolutely perfect. Let's offer a challenge to Joey Chestnut... Uh, who will eat the most Egg McMuffins? The winner gets LeBron's house. Oh, there. I oh. said it. The small one? Man. <laughs> Man. Some kind of friend you are. Right. But no, the to me, the perfect sandwich is the steak, egg, and cheese bagel sandwich at McDonald's that no longer exists. When the pandemic started, that was one of the menu items that they took off the list. So I would go to uh, 
Chick-fil-A for their bagel. Did you? I didn't know they had bagels. Oh, yeah. They have bagel breakfast sandwiches with the chicken, or you can get sausage, uh, but the I chicken. I know they had the chicken. I thought you had like the little honey biscuit thing. Like, oh, the honey. those are great, too. Oh, my, my God. We, Do you need to be alone? <laughs> can we get breakfast? Could you can put we, your pants back on? <laughs> can we get DoorDash? I promise I won't cancel the charge, DoorDash. If you bring them over, I'll pay for it. Oh, man, that sounds fantastic. Do you think people are moving away from bagel sandwiches? It seems like it. I mean, I understand it in a way because usually, uh, well, at least in McDonald's case, the, the steak, egg, and cheese bagel meal, uh, the, the sandwich, the calories were up there. I mean, really up there. And then on top of it, you know, you, I don't know if you know this about bagels, Tony. They have a hole in the middle of them. Is that right? Yeah, I'll check so, with my rabbi. Yeah, see so, if that's true. So to have the egg not fall through the hole in the bagel for the sandwich. The egg would fall through the hole. Yeah. That has to be a pretty small egg. Well, listen, if you aren't a seasoned egg cooker, if I may uh, use proper grammar. That's not uh, it. No, that's not it. Uh, you, you know, if it's if it's a crumbly egg, pieces of the egg could fall in the If bagel. it's a crumbly egg. Yeah. If you make These it. people are pros. They've got the little round thing and they crack the egg in it or that comes already pre-made and they're just heating it up in a microwave or whatever. Whatever. Nothing's going to fall through. Are you saying that Chick-fil-A doesn't make their eggs fresh I'm on a griddle? Is I that what you know. said? You said they're made in a microwave? I have no idea if Chick-fil-A <laughs> has a coop. In the back, <laughs> they take the egg out. They're taking the chicken, coming and going. Right? You done making eggs? You're a sandwich, right? I have no idea. No waste. No waste. <laughs> no waste whatsoever. <laughs> They're selling feather stuffed pillows out the back. <laughs> I, I just, I have no idea if if the bagel sandwich is going away or or, or not. I just didn't know they sold bagels. It was the decaf thing. I, I I do I but if I'm getting a decaf I I don't know I don't know the last time I got one at a restaurant a diner sure like a, like a restaurant I've had decaf but a I get it fast food fast diner food. Uh, you got a diner oh, I'm a long way removed from Jersey I was just reminiscing good time <laughs> I honestly the diner needs to be nationwide that is what America is missing more than anything else where you can get a lobster tail and fries with gravy at 3 a.m. this is eat drink smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. It is the Michters, M-I-C-H-T-E-R apostrophe S. Their uh, small batch bourbon, simple, easy, did put an ice chip in it. I'm not going to advise it. It was better neat. Yeah. It was better. It it brought out, it's not that it brought out something bad. It's just, it was a little sweeter had a little more overall enjoyment neat than it did with the chip. Now maybe I'd feel differently if it was on on the rocks fully or in in a or with a big cube. It's it's a very simple bourbon, really just a couple of notes, plays nicely, um, but just doesn't work as well as it did neat. It toned down all the good notes for me, the sweetness, the the dark fruit, uh, and then brought out that kind of alcohol taste that. Uh, wasn't there neat so uh listen i would still buy this right but i don't know if i maybe next time maybe i would put just a little bit of chilled water in it but a nice chip was too much and also it could have a lot to do with other things going on you know we're smoking the the avo xo mestoso m-a-e-s-t-o-s-o 
it pairs nicely, right? Because I think that Avo calls this cigar uh, a a medium, right? And this is a seven by forty-eight, seven inches long. And we're, we're, I'm just now starting to get to that final third. I didn't smoke much of it for the last little bit, so it's lasting a little longer than I than I thought it would. Um, and and it, it's a solid cigar. I'm enjoying it. I consider it much more mild than I do. Uh, medium uh, for sure, and it pairs nicely and simplest. Uh, that that creaminess, that that easy sweet of the cigar goes along with the easy sweet uh, of of this of this bourbon. It's not that I'm not raving about the bourbon, but I'm not discounting it at all. This is a good bourbon in the liquor cabinet that'll work for the, the whole room, especially forty dollars a bottle. This I think could be a really interesting mix bourbon for that old fashioned. And for mm-hmm. some of those other yep. things, right? This is the kind of bourbon you're not worrying about, you know, utilizing in in that way. Some people may very much enjoy it uh, on the rocks. Neat, I could do this. I'd be I'd be happy to take a glass of this and and do it neat. But I would do it neat for sure. And it definitely has those fall kind of flavors to it that work very very well. It is time, fingers Malloy. For news of the week. Before we do news of the week, really quick, Tony, uh, you know, we talked for weeks about we were going to do some reviews or some recommendations on lighters and right. cutters and stuff. I cannot believe I picked up this lighter in Orlando from a, a Walgreens. Uh, Turbo Blue, $6. And we've been using this for a while. It has worked great. It is a torch lighter. It's It's freaking bulletproof. It is big. You'll never lose it. And it, it's just, it's got some safety features. You can adjust the amount of, of uh, butane going through it. If you, if you run it over with a car, I think it's going to last. Because <laughs> we, we didn't have a lighter when we were down there, so fingers pick these up. It's such a fascinating tale of what are you spending it on? Now, I will tell you that I just purchased a DuPont lighter, ST DuPont. It was a um, connection between them and Fender guitars. I forgive me for not bringing it with me. It is the Fender Starburst, right? That that traditional Fender look on on a lighter. And I got it on sale, on sale, on sale. It's a four hundred and fifty dollar lighter. I did not spend four hundred and fifty dollars for My point to you is, it's gorgeous. It's super slim. Like if you forget, it's an easy thing to forget in your pocket and it ends up in the laundry, and then you've ruined your lighter. Right. But is there a real difference between the seventy five dollar lighter, the four hundred fifty dollar lighter? And the $6.95 lighter. And the answer is, all depends on what you want to do with it. People get lighters as heirlooms. I'm not one of those people. I'm not passing down the lighter to to the kids. That's not part of, of, of the plan. But as something that's just a unique piece, I decided to get it for my own collection, for my own wants. But this thing that I'm holding in my hand, and literally, I'm a pretty big guy. I've got a, a good fist. It fills the fist Right. It's just it, do anything with this. You leave it outside, whatever. That and that's the whole point. You don't have to spend crazy money. What's great about this is I threw it in my golf bag, and I'm not worried about tossing this thing around, and I'm not worried about losing it because it's only six dollars. We've talked about it previously. I've left lighters in here before, sure, and they're gone. If I if I lose this, so be it. But I got to see that Fender light. I have it's a gorgeous. I have a Fender Jagstang electric guitar that uh, was designed by Kurt Cobain. Uh, you play? Whoa, 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 whoa. I have known you a long time. Since when did you start playing guitar? Oh, I don't really play guitar. Okay, I that's what it, I thought. I, I pick it up every year to remind myself why I don't play guitar. I could whip out some Tom Petty right now, and it would uh, blow uh, nobody away. Oh, but, is that right? Yeah, but uh, it's a cool-looking guitar. And So like, you're saying you should back down? Yes. yes you should yes, back I down. I should back down, but I want to see that 
that lighter tone. Yeah. I will show it to you. It's time. I'll, I'll put a, a picture of it uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. News of the week. So, you Whoa, criminals. Wow, that was a, that was a, let's reset. You criminals out there. Here's a little word of advice. Don't eat Cheetos before you decide uh, to, to break into a house. I always say, go for a banana. Go for something a little healthy. Uh, potassium. If you're going to rob someone, you need yes. potassium. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma police claimed that Sharon Carr is facing a burglary rap after police linked her to the scene of a break-in through Cheeto residue. That's brilliant. They dusted for prints. From the Cheetos that she had before she decided to go on a burglary spree. I, good. I love it when stupid people get busted for being stupid. It makes me happy. Was she breaking into somebody's home? Is that what, is that what she was doing? Uh, yeah, please put this in a Facebook post. Yeah. A, a good reminder that Cheeto dust can be pretty hard to get rid of. Police wrote in a Facebook post. Uh, she climbed into a home but left without taking anything. So she she ate the Cheetos. She had a snack. She broke into the house but didn't take anything. Listen, I can we wildly speculate? May may we do this? You 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 can do this. It, it sounds like maybe someone had some wacky tobacco. <laughs> That's what the kids call it nowadays. <laughs> ate the Cheetos and said, "Hey man, we should break into this house." And then got out of there, didn't steal anything. This no, is a wild story. Ate the Cheetos and said, "Maybe this house has more Cheetos." <laughs> and then and then broke it. Oh. Uh, uh good. I just good, good, good and good. Uh, uh, this is just a reminder, public service announcement. Don't be a moron. Don't break into people's houses. <laughs> Enjoy your Cheetos responsibly. So Britain's National Lottery teamed up with a brewery to create a beer called Just the Ticket in hopes of finding the winner of an unclaimed jackpot worth nearly $1.4 million, according to UPI.com. Uh, okay, I'm listening. So lottery officials reached out to Backyard Brew House to produce 100 bottles of the blonde ale to find the winner of a $1.39 million Euro Millions Millionaire Maker jackpot before the ticket expires March 17th. Apparently, they're using this as some sort of awareness campaign for people to dig around, make sure uh, that they don't have the winning ticket. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having that ticket and maybe finding it three months after the ticket expires? I play the lottery very infrequently, but I do buy, I have bought lottery tickets and I will probably continue to do so. My fear in life is to be the guy who didn't check the numbers. I checked the, I checked them the next day, and then I checked them a week later. You too. And if for some reason they get thrown out, I will check them before I do. I, I have to. I, I, I would go. The only thing that I dread more than that is the person behind me winning the lottery. <laughs> and I didn't. There was a story of a woman who plays the same numbers every single week, uh -huh. and one week she didn't play them, and the numbers came up. That, that's someone who needs to be on some kind of watch. I can't even do that. In Michigan, they have Barkino, and I have five numbers that I play in Barkino, and the first time I played it, I, I got all five numbers. I won $460 at the bar playing Kino at a dollar ticket. I, I play the same numbers now, and when I'm done playing, I don't look at the screen anymore, and I don't <laughs> look at the drawing because I'll be so upset. I didn't play that particular draw, and I lost out on $460. What a weird way to get people to know just the ticket to, all right, here's what we're going to make beer. Couldn't you just, like, I don't know, send out a press release? 
Maybe go on a couple radio stations. Maybe an ad, a billboard, a social media influencer. You team, know, team up with Cheetos. Something. Right, Chester Cheetah saying, check your ticket, man. <laughs> don't break into houses. I don't know. Is that Chester Cheetah? That's as good of an impression. Why not? It's not as good as my Norm MacDonald, but, uh, but it'll do. It'll, it'll do in a pinch for sure. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Michael Jordan's impact on cigars has been huge. That documentary, The Last Dance, it's not, I don't even know how you would calculate the amount it has done to bring people to the world of cigars and to increase cigar sales. Eat, drink, smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy right there. But there was this, this story that I saw. Uh, Michael Jordan smoked cigars that cost $500 a box. And it, before we get into anything else, you do not have to spend $500 a box on cigars. The... the price of a cigar does not denote whether the cigar is good, whether you're going to like it, whether there are specific places you have to get a cigar. I want to put this entire mythology to rest the very best that that we can, Fingers, because this is a mistake. Now, Michael, I I call him Michael because we're close, Michael has, give or take, a billion dollars, right? Michael's done good. He, 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 He talks about these shoes Nikkei? Yes. And, uh, and oh, oh, big, big, big with the kids, big with the youths. Mm-hmm. The Nikkei mm-hmm. uh, uh, shoe. Fancy. So the last dance was all about, you know, that final year with, with the Bulls. And I actually thought it was a really good documentary. And then I learned how much control he had over the documentary. And I was like, oh, we didn't get the full story. We didn't get the, the full story. Basically, the documentary goes, uh, Michael Jordan felt slighted. Michael Jordan scored 19,000 points. Right. Basically is, 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 is how it, it went. But it, it was interesting. And he's smoking cigars through, throughout. Jordan, according to an interview he had uh, with Cigar Aficionado, his cigar is the Partagas Lusitania. I have never had the Partagas Lusitania. And supposedly um, it, it, it's costing $500 a box, depending on how many cigars are on there. I, I, they, these people over here at the sportsrush.com Said it's twenty dollars a smoke. Now you and I, fingers Malone, have spent twenty dollars on a cigar. Yeah, we've spent fifty dollars on a cigar. We have spent nine ninety nine on a cigar. First and foremost, money does not mean good. It's a myth. It's not. It's like the idea that you have to have Cuban cigars in order for them to be good cigars. No, 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 no. First, you've, you've got the. The, the, basically the spread of Cuban seeds, right? When people left Cuba or escaped Cuba and where those seeds went and what those, what those growers did, the, the, those, those farmers, if you will, did. And then you've got great regions, Nicaragua, Esteli, and what's going on in the Dominican. You're seeing more that's happening in, in Honduras. Great places that are, that are doing very, very good work with cigars. But we have had $30 cigars that were a bust. Yeah. It's true, and it's painful. $30 cigar bust is painful. And we have had $9, $10 cigars, $8 cigars. You're like, this is pleasant as can be. I had two people walk up to me in Orlando last week who I saw earlier or you know, last year in Austin. And I was handing out uh, Davidoff uh, 3x3 Tubos. And I believe those are only like $4 a stick. And they came up to me and said, I enjoyed that cigar so much, I rushed back and bought more. Four bucks a stick, Tony. I, I Listen, uh, 
it's Michael Jordan, five hundred dollars a box. That's Swisher Sweet money, right? To to Michael Jordan. But you're you're exactly right. You don't have to spend that kind of coin to get yourself a decent stick. In the same way, you don't need to spend fifty dollars on wine. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't fifty dollars wines that are worth it. There are fifty dollars wines that that are absolutely positively worth it. You don't have to do it. I often get, I'll get an email, I'll get a message on, on, on Facebook. I need to buy a gift for a friend, for my boss. What can you recommend? I'm willing to spend this. That's, that part's inconsequential. Don't get me wrong. There are names. There are names that you can utilize. Uh, last week, we did the Padron 64, mm-hmm. right? 1964, the Maduro. I enjoy that cigar. I absolutely do. Do you have to spend $20 a stick in order to get something good? Absolutely not. We're doing the Avo XO. The Mestoso, M-A-E-S-T-O-S-O, 7 by 48 $15. Well, $15 is not 20 now is it? And we have done cigars, we've done the Mil Dias, which I, I think is, is, what, 12 13 Something like that. We have done some of uh, the Davidoffs. For example, I'm a huge fan of the Late Hour, the Winston Churchill Late Hour. Uh, here, where, where we record very often at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com, uh, that could be $25, $30 a stick. For me, absolutely worth it. And twice on Sunday. But don't get wrapped up in this. Don't get wrapped up in the idea of price. It's a huge, huge mistake. I have had people ask me why you would even spend $10 on a cigar. People who have never smoked a cigar before because... Well, well there's the answer. Well, yeah. They said, well, you don't inhale it. I don't understand what, why you would spend that kind of money. And... It's it's simple. First of all, it's enjoyable. You you're, you're you're coating the palate with the flavor of the cigar. But also, if you're going to a cigar bar, if you go to a, a regular bar, I said to this person who likes to have a wee bit of a nip of lady liquor, you would have no problem spending ten dollars, twelve dollars over an hour and a half buying booze. If you look at it that way, it's like okay, I'm enhancing my experience at. A place like Blend Bar Cigar by having a cigar, it's it's not a waste of money. Once you you need to try it and find out what flavor profiles you like in a cigar, and that's that's what's key. And you can find uh, those at uh, a much cheaper price than five hundred dollars a box. Cigar, the, the the entirety of 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 this world, and the reason I'm so drawn to it is that it is it is lifestyle. I find the cigar lounge to be a remarkably relaxing place where everybody's just happy to be there. I find the idea of sitting on the back deck with a cigar remarkably relaxing, and it, 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 it denotes to me, right? It, it sets me in a place where I know I'm not, I may actually stare at my phone, I may be looking, I'm more into the relaxation. I'm not actively doing something. I'm passively doing the other things and enjoying uh, the, the, the time. That lifestyle conversation is everything. Now, the other part of this article that I found so interesting is that Jordan smokes six cigars a day. Wow. And so I was discussing this and, and my, on my midday uh, radio show, and my producer was like, you could smoke six cigars a day. I'm like, no, no, I, 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 I couldn't smoke six cigars today. He said, if you're Michael Jordan, you've got all the time in the world. Well, that's not, that's not enough. Six cigars a day. So you mean I wake up, I make breakfast, I smoke a cigar? Am I starting at that time at like 7 a.m.? With the breakfast cigar, what kind of cigars are we talking about? What kind of strength is, is, is in it? How big is that cigar? 
No, I don't think I could do six cigars a day. I don't chain smoke cigars. Right? It's just it's it to me, for me, that's not interesting. I I, I would find that to be work. Yes, six and that's that's where I was going. I'm with you. I have some anxiety issues to be able to sit out on my back deck or sit here and smoke a cigar. It helps me unwind. It helps me relax. One, maybe two tops for me. When you start, we've done events before. Where we've smoked five or six in a day, and I feel lousy afterwards. I, I freely it's too admit much, it. Right? Yeah, it's way. You can have too much of a good thing. And that's not true for everybody. Some people can really handle it. I have known guys who own cigar lounges. They're 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 open and close, and they're smoking the whole time. And, and God bless. I could I could not uh, do that. I I, I want to take the time with one and enjoy it. Depending on how much time I have, I've done two two before, right? It it, it is there. There are no rules in that way. Well, and also your stick's pretty expensive too. I mean, if you even if it's seven dollars a stick, you know. You know, we're getting close to fifty dollars a day in, in cigars. Right, a little above my my uh, budget, that's for sure. But it, it, but the question was, if the budget, if the money didn't matter, would right. you do it? I don't even think if the if, if I had Jordan money, right? No, I I, I no, I, I if I had Michael Bublier money instead of Michael Jordan money, I, I would still smoke do it. when I wanted to. I still don't think I could do six a, a day. That's more than I can handle. The bourbon is Michter's. It is a small batch, easy. Simple bourbon, a couple of notes, very very nice. The Avo XO, the Maestoso, M A E S T O S O. Oh, this is a very good grab. It it looks ugly, don't look pretty. <laughs> um, in terms of the, of the shading, but this has been very very nice and easy all the way through. Not too many notes. That creaminess, that nuttiness is absolutely there. Um, playing a little bigger towards in that final third, but that's it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. 